Hello everyone! Welcome to episode 23 of Runax Radio. Uh, my name is Gabriel and joining me this fine evening is Matthew Gemi. Bonsoir, mes amis. That's good evening in French. Is it? Yeah, there it you is. go. Um, I thought we were going to give a little bit of a tribute to Spain for stopping England, but yep. yeah, we can shout out to the French yep. as well. Well done to the Spanish and also um, to their head of sports who kissed... Oh, yeah, that was weird. The, yeah, that was weird. I think yeah. he's getting fired for it. Is he really? Yeah, the King of that's, Spain even came out and was like, yeah, no, you can't That's fair enough. Yeah. You, you, you can't be doing stuff like that. Yeah. That's, um, that's not cool. Um, yeah. But hey, what a World Cup. What a World Cup. Unbelievable. Great stuff. Um, it, most of it was held in our home city of Brisbane. It was, yeah. Which was exciting. Mm. Everyone kind of got Matilda fever. Mm-hmm. And they did incredibly yeah, well, yeah. all things considered. Best we've ever done in a World Best Cup. Best we have ever done. Mm. Um, there's now talks of statues and stuff going up there for are. fourth place. There are. Um, yeah. So who knows where that leads. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. Everyone got excited. Yep. There were some great games. Mm. The game between Australia and France, mm. where it went down to a penalty shootout, was probably one of the biggest moments Certainly for Australians. Yeah, it's longest penalty kick out in history. Absolutely. I didn't know that part. But yeah, yeah, very it is, exciting. Yeah, yeah, across any sport or any football game ever. Really? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. And um, in other exciting news, West, West Coast won a game. Yeah, look, uh, <laughs> I feel for my mate who's a North Melbourne fan. Oh, yeah. Because now they're officially in last place. They are. Um, yeah, not a good time if you're both supporters in that, that field. But hey, good on you for getting a, a very big upset win. A huge upset win on yep. the Bulldogs. Mm. Uh, and I was getting hammered with messages uh, from St Kilda and Swan supporters because we basically guaranteed their spot in the top eight. Absolutely, yeah. So, suck it, Bont. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So. so if you're a St Kilda or a Swans fan out there, you are welcome. Mm. Yep, congratulations, Gabe's team, for <laughs> for three and the eighteen. <laughs> Does mean that you're probably not going to get. We're missing first out. On, pick. We're missing out on the first pick of the draft, mm. most likely, which means yeah. we're not getting Harley Reid. Yeah, but that's okay. We'll we'll um hopefully we can get a new coach. Mm. That'd be fun. Mm. Uh, Damien Harvey. Oh no, he's oh. the new Gold Coast coach. Oh, sorry, mate. Ooh. A, yeah. Uh, but we did. We have started letting go. The old guard. Oh. Uh, Shuey retired today. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nat has retired. He has, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's... it's. I hope that it is part of a rebuild for the team because it has been a rough couple of years mm. to the point where it's comical that they're a professional football team and performing like that. Fair, fair. Well, uh, however... We are not a sports podcast, as much as we both love sports. Yeah, we and do. And we enjoy dabbling. We partake. We partake of mm. the viewing. Uh, we are a Warhammer podcast. Yes. And we are here to talk about lots of Warhammer, because it is all happening at the moment. Is that... Oh, I thought you were like pointing to the screen. No, 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 no. Blowing the microphone out. Something on there, and I was I was trying to scratch it off. But yes, <laughs> you definitely were. There's, yeah. there's every now and then there's yeah. peaks. So I'm sorry, listeners, for the <laughs> sounds that you are receiving. <laughs> uh, Gammy, as you take mm. a mouthful, what mm. are we drinking? Uh, currently drinking the Revel Brewery IPA. Oh shit! Which is lovely, really lovely. Um, made at Morningside. Lovely, Very nice local. and local. Yep. Um, Love a local make, brewery. Can make a beer. 
very lovely. Mm. So, uh, do you know why it's called an India Pale Ale at all? Uh, I do not. So, I'd love to be enlightened. Uh, it's because when the British occupied India yes. in their colonisation, uh, mm-hmm. they tried to make the same beers as they made in England. And what was happening was because all the hops and barley and everything was different in India, it came back with a different taste. So they actually sent it back to England and all the English hated it. So they sent it back to the... <laughs> to Australia? <laughs> well, they sent it to the Indian uh, you know, occupiers yeah. and they enjoyed it because it had a fruitier taste. And it was, you know, they wanted a beer because they wanted to enjoy... You know, a colder beer in a colder, you know, hot climate. So, I get it. yeah, there you go. It's called the India Pale Ale because that has nothing to do with India. Well, you learn something new every day. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So uh, It is also 2.2 standard drinks. Yeah, so you're going to be get, on the floor in about yeah, 20 minutes. You're going to get two drink game. <laughs> and that's, uh, I've seen in Puncher Man. Have you? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember that. Is that the that uh, Lions and West Tigers? No, not West Tigers. Uh, Lions and... Um, Richmond? Richmond, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, he punched, mean, punched on with Richmond fans. Well, it's Richmond fans. In the middle of Richmond you, fans. We were, that's right. Because yeah. I got tickets off a family friend. Because mm. she's a member, lives down in Melbourne. Like Couldn't member, get tickets yeah. up here. Yep. Uh, so I took her tickets and we were the two Lions supporters in a crowd of black and yellow. Yep. So... Yeah, yeah, good times. It was we enjoyable. Yeah. Not popular, yeah. if yeah. you can believe that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get down to brass tacks. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Mm. Uh, it has been two months since our last episode. Uh, we were going to do a pretty tight episode in behind um, episode 22, but, you know, life being what it is and, and, uh, and how busy our schedules are at the moment, I think two months is not too bad. <laughs> uh, so... Let's talk about the elephant in the room first, is Cities of Sigmar. Oh, yeah. We have seen the full range of models. Uh, we have seen the battle tome has been leaked by some wonderful soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, from what I can tell, diving headfirst. Yeah, look, it's uh, one of those armies... Uh, Stormcast have always tickled my fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy them. I played Empire back in 8th edition fantasy, so I've always enjoyed you know the idea of humans being up against it, and yep. you did pay out on that idea a few months I ago. D- I did. <laughs> and now, uh, with the recent article from Cities of Sigma on Warhammer Community, they were talking about the design elements of the the army, and and you know we saw the pudgy faced you know, um, mm. steel helm soldiers. Just like foot, an everyday man type. Yeah, we saw that. Then we saw the cavalry. And then it was kind of once the book dropped, um, I felt like Games Workshop kind of went, okay, let's rele- like show the full release, which mm. um, has been really cool because the design uh, element that they were focusing on was how do humans survive in this crazy environment that is the Mortal Realms. Uh, and they they definitely do have a focus on the black powder element, which is really cool because you've got the, you know, the cannons, you've got the fusiliers, you've got um, the steel helms in the f- foot troops, but then you've also got the cavaliers as well. And, and it's kind of a full human release, um, which is really nice. I, I really like that they've, they've gone that way. The fantasy future that we have on the horizon has basically occupied the old empire so they've said see you later old empire it's now 
dwarves, dark elves, and humans, and the new humans left, Ooh, which is crazy. It is. They've they've trimmed. I know. I mean, I've I've been pretty outspoken about cities in the past. I. The more I see this new range of humans, I I love the new range. Like every model that they release for it gets like I'm I'm probably not going to collect them, um, but I think it's an incredible range. Mm. Um, the the big square shields, it's very, it's his it, it's very gritty and grounded for a human race, which is what you want. Like you, you we are talking about regular like you and me kind of people in this like mental landscape of factions and you know there's supernatural elements there's magic there's all this kind of madness going on around them and they're just regular dudes with a shield and a stick you know uh i think the models are incredible i think they've done a killer job um i'm surprised that i thought they were going to cut more from the range i thought dark elves were going to get trimmed off as well um but that's that's understandable because dark elves are not in the old world mm. at this mm. stage correct uh, they're correct. kind of a legacy army and so it makes sense that they would stay in the city's book mm. the dwarves as well mm-hmm. their their range is sh- shrunk a lot but <laughs> they oh, no. i didn't mean it like that but that's that's a good, yeah uh, that's good i'll take credit yeah, yeah um yeah. yeah their range is shrunk a lot but i think the um the human el- like that cannon is one of my favorite models mm. i think of the year because it captures perfectly that kind of bastion of hope mm. type thing where mm. it's still like a pretty rudimentary weapon but they're like we're going to give it a red hot crack and then one of the crewmen is just like chugging moonshine which i you know absolutely entertaining yeah. Yeah, it's just it was interesting because in the um design article they were talking about how initially when they were brainstorming and coming up with the idea they were too perfect so they had these like perfect humans um in mm. the idea that they're all happy in the sun and enjoying themselves and they went well we don't think that's what we want we want more like a gritty yeah realistic human in the in the mortal realms and what they came up with was these really individualized characters like the ones drinking moonshine and and the rat catchers and all that sort of stuff and they're like but they were losing the identity of what the army wanted to be. So that's when the Steel Helms came up as an idea and they said they're still professional soldiers, but they're humans. Um, The artwork in the book, I don't know if you've looked at the book or not. I haven't looked at the artwork yet. The artwork is, I reckon, the best artwork that they've ever released. Really? By far. Wow. It is... And there's nothing... Like a bias sense, like I, I've always liked Silver Death artwork, I've liked Bone Splitters artwork, I've liked Corn artwork, but this artwork, if you pick it up, it looks like a mix of Magic the Gathering, you know, the mm. artwork that I saw in The Song of Ice and Fire, like they've really kicked it out of the park with the artwork. So Excellent. they've got, you know, these soldiers who, you know, there's a couple of great art pieces where they've got half battered shields and they're got you know like bandages all over their heads and things like awesome. that like they're proper hardcore sort veterans. of veterans and then i think my favorite artwork that i've seen is um they're like crusading knights coming out of the city and they're they're just this big unit of knights sort of thing with the stag helms and everything yeah. like that and it just it's a really cool aesthetic that they're going for mm. i really at first was a bit uh, concerned about the black powder element. Okay. 
mainly because I didn't want them to just be a shooting army. From a gameplay perspective. Yeah, but I think now that we've seen the order mechanic and we've seen... Yeah, the Fusiliers are definitely Ooh, yeah. hot, hot <laughs> property. Um, but what I will say is is that like you'll have those people that are lean down the here's 60 Fusiliers on the table, mm-hmm. and then you'll have other people who will play into the collector's element and try and make that work. And the cool thing is is the cities are all individualized. They've added a heap more new cities in. Yes, they um, have. They've got some really cool ideas in what you can do. The orders are great. Um but we did talk earlier before uh, pressing record that we are going to do a cities book, not a book review, but a but cities breakdown once yeah. the book is officially released. Because I have had a look through it, but I haven't really had a look through it. If that makes sense, yeah, like I went sense. through it and went, "Oh, this is cool." Mm. Um, went straight to Living Cities to see what I can do with that because <laughs> I wanted to see. Interestingly, they have not put in Stormcast and Sylvaneth as coalition. So they're allies. That's a big shift. So it's cities are cities, which yeah. I really like because I like it too. you had the you know fulminators in living cities that were burning the earth for a while there, and I think it did take away that sort of focus of what it should have been, which was wood elves. Um, interestingly, Games Workshop came out and said you can run wood elves as dark elves. Yes. And I do have 30 Wildwood Rangers painted oh, up who make excellent executioners. They do. And executioners are pretty great in this <laughs> I've book. Heard, I've heard good things. Yeah. So, um, but as I said, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but if you are, you know, thinking of the next collection and you're really interested in a new high fantasy, I think they've nailed the balance of high fantasy and grunge sort of thing. Like yeah. they still look like regular bros. And I know awesome. there's been a bit of... I don't know if there's any actual weight to it or whether it's just people wishlisting. Uh, I know Rob's been strongly... Rob from the Honest Wargame has been leaning strongly into it that he hopes that they become the new protagonist. Yeah, for the game. yeah. I, I, I think they'd be an excellent protagonist. If they yeah. replaced Stormcast Eternals in yep. a starter box, yep. even just for one edition, I think would give them a lot more weight in the game and in... I'd... I'd the thing I'm looking forward to most is hopefully we get some really good books and some really good stories out of this because it gives you a really open-ended opportunity to write incredible stories about so many different cities with different dynamics, different opposition, different conflicts, all that kind of thing. So I think there could be a great opportunity to have some good storytelling and hopefully that's an area they can flesh out the the lore and the story and the the world building. I mean, they've already done heaps, don't get me wrong. Like, everyone everyone used to complain about how Age of Sigmar lore sucked. I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, but I think this is an opportunity to really drive home some core foundations moving forward for the next five, ten years for some great campaigns and narratives and all that kind of thing. So, I'm very excited for it. I'm glad they didn't go... Like, as you were talking about really clean rank and file, because I think that almost would feel like Lumineth 2.0, or 5.0, I guess, because Lumineth's already had three books. Yep, yep. Um, but I'm glad that they are two very separate, distinct mm. armies. Because mm. um, that's the easiest comparison to make, is you're like, oh, here's a shooting castle, and here's a, you know, you have elf shooting castle, and you have human shooting mm. castle. I'm glad they're different. 
and I hope that Dark Elves and Dwarves are still relevant. I know a lot of the focus has been put on humans, but I think that they're by the looks of things, there's some particularly Dark Elves have some wild wild mechanics. Yeah, I think they've really uh, what oh, I shit, do sorry. like that they've done is is that they've said humans focus on humans yeah. and there's the combinations of buffs there and dwarves with dwarves, elves with elves. It makes sense because yes, they're all in a city, but they would have their own sort of factions within that. And um, from a gameplay perspective, I I imagine it's going to work similarly to uh, like Auric War Clans, mm. where you can run them all together, but there are certainly benefits to running all Iron Jaws or all Cruel Boys, and you know, um, hope, we'll see. I mean, people much smarter than me are going to pick up the book and probably do some incredible things with it. So I'm looking forward to that shaking up the scene and and hopefully having a big impact um, and kind of seeing what they can do to that that top bracket and mm. see if they can get up there. It's an exciting time to be in the hobby. Very exciting and time. And I've already painted up some oh. practice colours and trying out some things with my old Bretonians. So I've got some ideas in mind from a hobby perspective. Lovely. Um, I'd really like to do a kind of mixed order with my Sylvaneth kind of follow-on so that they're like a living city sort of thing. But... I also really like Vampire Hunters as well as an oh, idea. So um, the new models that they've released in, you know, the just everything so far has been perfect. Like that so, hunting pack unit where yeah. they've got the hunters yeah. and then they've got all their hounds. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to getting them. They're going to be a perfect Mordheim warbands as well. So Absolutely. it's, it's going to be good fun. Speaking of warbands, yes. uh, there was a new Underworlds warband dropped, which is Clan Pestilence. Um, now I've played I played Clan Pestilence in the Wild West before we had points because I wanted an Age of Sigma army that was an Age of Sigma army and at the start there was like you had like Stormcast and Bloodbound and then there was Iron Jaws, Fire Slayers and Clan Pestilence. They were the only armies that had books. And so I was like, well I'll go Clan Pestilence because monks are cheap. So I painted like a hundred of them and all the support pieces. These are the first Pestilence models we've had for probably probably 10 years. And they are unbelievable. There's only six of them, but they're very characterful models. They, um, If they're anything to hint towards if they ever did a new Monk kit or a new Plague Sense Bearer kit, unbelievable. Yeah, I think if they just did... Yeah, Plague Monks are probably the thing that could stay, but everything else, if they updated to be that, would be unreal. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Catapults as well and the, yeah. the um, Big Furnace is fine, but yeah, uh, yeah that would be... It's mostly Plague Sense Bearers that need an upgrade, yeah. um, but that's kind of... In, oh, I'm trying not to be, because I'm trying to stay focused, but it's kind of inspired me to... I've bought that Warband... And I've got it primed on my painting desk at the moment, ready to go. Um, eh, yeah, it's cool. It's got good rules. It's like 140 points, and you get a priest, and then a unit of two wound models that can, if you use the priest's prayer on an objective, they can contest it, but no one else can. Oh, that's cool. So that yeah, he like nice. curses the objective, and then they can cap it. Um, and it's 140 points, and you're getting 15 wounds. So, so you're going to run three of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> I no, wish. They're great. They're yeah. really cool. Yeah. So it's a very cool unit. Um, and the models are wild. Mm. So I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on them and get a brush to them. I'll get my hands on them. I've already bought them. Um, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's been kind of the big main releases since. Wow. Oh. There's one very recent to Gabriel. Oh. Which is the Orc Warboss. Oh yes. Yeah. I forgot about this. Like today it came yes. out. Yeah. Uh hold on, hold on. Do you mean the Ardboy Big Boss? Yeah. Yes. Amazing model. Yep. And tell you what, if there's a range that needs expansion, Iron Jaws would be a contender. Which I think they're rumoured to be getting some updates with mm-hmm. the new Harbin- Harbinger? Dawnbringer. In the uh, Dawnbringer, Dawnbringer series? Yep. yep. The, the rumour is, and obviously none of this is 100% confirmed, but so far everything has pointed in the right direction, that Iron Jaws are getting a full second wave of models. Uh, so we've already seen the big pig. Seen the big pig, yep. Which is awesome. Yep. Uh, we've seen the Ardboy's big boss, who is a very intimidating model. He's great. Really, really cool. Really love him. I'm looking at him now, just from the article where they've done like the chainmail cloak on him, and he's just like he's got a spear and he's got a chopper, but he looks legit. Yeah, he's just a big staunch orc. And you just, know what? I've this is what sucks about this hobby is that I, I was thinking of doing a destruction army. I was thinking Iron Jaws because mm-hmm. that'd be a lot of fun. I played Monty Moss at Goldcon on the on the weekend. A with delight his, of a human. Yeah, with his big war, and I just sat there going, "I would love to run orcs again," but here I am, in the middle of selling and buying a house and going through the stress of being in crippling debt even further. Mm, love that. And all I want to do is buy two new armies. <laughs> and I want to have them done by teams. Like, it's just, Ooh. there's so much that I just want to do. But I also know I've got some good armies that I can play with for now. You do. So You've I'm got some, try... and some beautiful armies. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to try and stick to my guns. Mm. Which will be buying the Warcry Warband when it comes out. Okay. But maybe getting the Art Boy boss as well when he comes out. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But I, for one, loved this update. Like, I mm. think it's great. Uh, I really like Brutes and I really like the War Boss on foot. And I just love that they're going with that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. They've got the pigs as cavalry, they've got a more Crusher. They need some extra elements. The Art Boys at the moment are the oldest kit. They are. And they're fairly old. Uh, like yeah, they've been around yeah. for a good few years now. Oh yeah, um, I've got them in metal still. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, so lovely. I've got like fifty in metal on square bases. So uh, they're great, um, but I would love to see what they do because mm. obviously Ghouls got a bit of a glow up. So did um, oh, yeah. Flayers and Crypt Cast Horrors. Uh, so have they got new kits? No, but they got just upgrades in rules. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. With the new um, you want, update have you box. Heard, have you heard the other little birdies rumours about Iron Jaws? No. Oh. So, obviously none of this is confirmed, and take everything with a grain of salt, um, but there is apparently a new Ardboys kit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Did I you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's what I was referring that. to, is that right, our boys okay. have been around yes. for a long time. okay. I wasn't sure if you yeah. knew that. Um, and again, this is... I don't know that for sure either. But there's apparently also a named foot war boss. Right. Which will be cool, because right. big, scary orcs on foot 
um, if they have good rules, is one of the coolest things mm. in the game. Absolutely. It's just some big staunch orc that likes caving people's heads in. And people who are World of Warcraft fans? Absolutely. Like that's, that's the perfect orc there. So, yeah, I it's it's really cool because I've got an order army mm-hmm. in Sylvaneth. So maybe I need a destruction army. Do you know what I need to well, do? Well, you've got a chaos army. I need to finish painting my vampires. So that's a big yeah. thing as well. So they're there. I can kind of work on them a bit, but mm-hmm. I definitely need a destruction army because my bone splitters went on to a better place. They did. Uh, so Iron Jaws could be it. They I could was be it. looking at Moon Clan. I was looking at Cruel Boys, man. Yeah, cool. But I'm trying again. This is you're like because <laughs> your Iron Jaws got moved on. My so Iron Jaws you have are now to start from scratch in the loving care of Mick and Gemma. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm sure I'll be painting some more Iron Jaws soon if this... Well, Mick was telling me that he's a bit concerned about the undercut issue. Oh, so, yes. so He's a bit worried about it. I'm worried about it too. Mm. So, the original... This is going back to my Iron Jaws, which are all yellow armoured, painted up as Iron Suns with all the... Um, they had, like, blue... Uh, like... What's the... The triangle checker... Jags. Blue dags, and then they had the black and white checker plate, right? Um, that was all based with Abel and Sunset, which in their infinite wisdom, Games Workshop has discontinued. Mm. Uh, I and have so, half a can of Abel and Sunset. Oh, do you? Yeah. I will buy that off you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my next challenge, is to avoid having to hand paint all the armour and base coat everything by hand. I have to either find cans of Abel and Sunset. Well... I mean, that's the easy option. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. You raise a valid point. Okay, maybe that's less of an issue than I thought. that's what those guys are painted with, is Abel and Sunset. Yeah. So, same sort of idea. Like, I, yeah. I get it. I yeah. get that it's the important thing. But, but yes, it's it's a challenge moving forward because that product is no longer as readily available in an aerosol. So I definitely did just solve it for you, though. You, uh, well, I honestly didn't think of it until yep. you said that. So, yes, that's one less thing to worry there about. There you go. Um, but yeah, so the Art Boy boss was kind of the latest thing to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously the new Dawnbringer box sets that oh, have come yes, out, which the are army excellent. starter set. So for you've got humans? Flesh Eater Courts, you've got. Uh, oh, you mean the, the four. Moon Grots, like you've got uh, Fire Slayers and, and Nurgle. Nurgle. So which that, I mean, we talked about that hard in the last great. episode. Yeah, yeah. Model of the year. I'll yeah. still stand by it. Oscar Lars, who, if you're not following, if you like good painters, find Oscar Lars on like Instagram or Twitter or literally anywhere, because that dude's been painting up the Harbinger of Decay, and it is unbelievable. Like that dude is just ridiculously talented. Yeah. So yeah, no, he's uh, is pretty amazing what he does. But uh, yeah, it's really cool to see those kits. So I'm looking mm. forward to seeing what the latest ones are. So Iron Jaws. And I've, there's been a rumour of another one, which I'm not going to say here, oh, because, no. uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> very exciting. Uh, lots to look forward to in the hobby in oh, regards so to releases. Cities is probably the one that I look forward to seeing how it changes on the table as mm. well. So tabletop, um, learning a whole new army and, and seeing it all unfold, which would be really cool. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, that's pretty much all the all the new stuff that's coming out. It's been a great episode, Ben. It so, has been, yep. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so uh, obviously, with the two the two months between 
you know, last episode and now, we've managed to, events-wise, a lot has happened. Mm. I have attended two events. Well, have you though? Well, <laughs> I mean, I've been to two. Yeah, you showed up to <laughs> I, two. Yeah. I showed up yeah. to two. Yeah. All right, so we'll start with, um, I played a small one-day event at my local games workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up, because it was in the midst of the 40k hype, they didn't really push it as much as they usually would. So it was quite a small event. There was only eight of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a three-game, uh, three one-day, thousand points. Being a Games Workshop event, there's, you know, there were stipulations on army construction, uh, which I don't know if that's the same in other stores or other countries or how that all works, but at this particular event, uh, no single unit could be over 330 points, so over a third of your army, which rules out a lot of, you know, like you're not seeing Gotrek in a thousand points, which is good. And it's aimed at introducing new people to the hobby and making it very easy and accessible. Uh, and the other stipulation was you could not reinforce units. So basically every unit was just a standalone unit. Uh, I took my Slanesh and I took uh, the Contorted Epitome, a unit of Slick Blades, uh, three units of Bliss Barb Archers, and a unit of Hell Striders with these whips. Yeah. Which, if they are in combat with a unit that's one or two wounds, they can't cap objectives. Um, this is before the new points. This is prior to battle, the Battle Scroll battle update. Scroll, yeah. And the new GHB. And the new GHB. Yeah. So this is old GHB, old points. So it fit in a thousand points mm-hmm. on the dot. Um, it was all in Pretenders. So Strength in Godhood, Crown of Dark Secrets on the Epitome. She also had flaming weapons. Um, and I kind of underestimated the impact that a model like that can have at a thousand points. Backed up by uh, 30 Bliss Bar Archers. It's, it was, uh, yeah, it was devastating for my opponents. Um, the Crown of Dark Secrets, or the epitome with that build in a thousand points is crippling. Because you just sling her into the biggest, scariest thing on the table, and she's like damage three with her claws, and they can't hit her back. It's very difficult to handle. So I played OBR, I convincingly beat them. I played against Slaves to Darkness, uh, with some Chaos Knights and a Karkadrak and some Cultist units, and I beat them. And then I played against a. An army with nine Varangard and a Sorcerer. And I lost to that army. But thanks to Games Workshop's player pack, which is very heavily weighted towards sportsmanship and painting. Mm -hmm. Not to the point where you could win the event without winning games. But I managed to go Mm 2-1 and beat the 3-0 player to win the event. Mm. So I I got a cheeky little... Cheeky little gold medal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually got a really cool... Yeah, the trophy's <laughs> I understand. I understand that this is like... Not a hollow victory, because that dismisses the efforts of everyone else at the event. But it was a very small event, and I didn't actually win all my games, <laughs> and still came away, still came away yeah, with it. Yeah, look, it, it reminds me of... Like, I, I went and picked Evie up from daycare this afternoon. 
and like all the kids that are standing at the door when you're trying to enter the daycare and they're all standing there waiting for their parents to be picked up so you have to like drop knees to get them out of the way you kind of have to like <laughs> use your, yeah you kind of have to you kind of have to push them out of the way oh, and, and that's kind of what you did <laughs> You rocked up to a thousand point oh, event. Dear. You took an epitome and thirty-three bliss barbs, <laughs> and you were shocked by the impact that that had, Gabe. Well, look, I was at, at that point. I was just happy to be in an event, to be honest. And I'm like, oh, look, and it's it's great <laughs> that you got to an event. I'm really happy for you. And it, do you know what? It's also good that you got to go to an event where there were eight people that you could just go and slap around oh, and man. have a good time with. So. No, it's it's good, man. Congrats on the win. The trophy's actually really the nice. Tr- the trophy is unreal. Yeah. So it's this like glass, g- big yeah. glass etched trophy mm. with store champion on mm. it. Um, and yeah, so because of okay, so as something fun because I realised that this trophy and the victory was you know perhaps a little skewed in my favour. Yeah, it was good. I've I've decided to. Basically, turn that trophy into a wrestling belt mm-hmm. and put it into circulation as something that people can win and lose. Sure. Right. So, I'm I was going to buy a belt, um, and they're unfortunately in Australia. They're either really cheap and nasty, or they're like twelve hundred dollars. So I'm probably going to make one because mm-hmm. I've still got all my like I used to do the leather stuff. Yeah, all yeah. the leather stuff. So I'll probably make my own. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to put it into circulation, so I'll I'll defend it at an event, most likely against Gavin because mm-hmm. he's number one contender and we have a rematch. Yep, that's fair. Uh, and so after that, it'll kind of enter circulation. People can win it and lose it, just as something cool because I think that's I think it would be entertaining. I mean, I see what the Americans do with the the interdimensional belt, mm-hmm. which is you know a lot of fun. There's a lot of hype and grudge videos and stuff. And so, yeah, I thought that would be something really fun. I don't know if it's going to be ready for teams, but when I get it made, um, Gavin Woodrow, we are having a rematch, my friend. If you're out there listening, which I know you are, uh, because you're going to be basking in a little bit of glory later on this episode. Um, So, yeah, that was my first event of the year, which is... Yeah, it's rough. It it was rough because I went the whole like I went until like July before I played an event, which was something we talked about this many times. Is that it was something that you know was getting to me, and so it was good to get out there, play some games, won some games, really nice players as well. Like everyone that I played was a gentleman, mm. and um, and I had a really good time and ended up getting that, and I won best painted as well. Nice, because uh, Slanesh is probably the. I think the Lumineth that I'm painting for Mick is probably of a higher standard, but Slanesh is, you know, one of the armies that I put a lot of effort into. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to get an award for that. Mm-hmm. I was stoked to walk away with that too. Um, the next real event news, chronologically, was uh, Runak's team championship tickets going on sale mm-hmm. and selling out again in like a minute flat yeah crazy it is crazy yeah there's uh uh, yeah there was a lot of people waiting in line ready to go and then a lot of people that were messaging you at 802 saying i didn't get a ticket yeah um what's the go so uh yeah it's a testament to 
the team's event and the fact that people want to come. Uh, 120 players? 120 players. Yeah. So we got 30 teams of four again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it went ballistic, man. Mm-hmm. So it, it sold out again pretty much instantly, which is exciting. Like, it's it's great that the event is at that point where it's that, there's that much demand for it. Um, and that's, from, a, from an organiser's perspective, it's wonderful that it's there. I would love for everybody who wants to come to come, but it's one of those things, there are limitations at the venue and, you know, you could probably fit another four teams in, but it would make the whole experience for everyone significantly less pleasant because you're cramming people into mm. a space that they probably shouldn't fit in. So, um, it is capped at 120, but I am very excited. It's going to be a really exciting event. I've already got some... I'm chatting with Baron of Dice about getting some... Oh, cool. Nice. Cool custom dice made this year. Yeah, cool. Uh, we're doing them in West Coast colours. So if you need to roll any ones, uh, <laughs> let me know. I can probably fix you up with some dice. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got a few other things that we're organising. Trophies are getting organised. Uh, it's it's going to be a really good event. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. This, this year we're running it through uh, Stats and Ladders, uh, which is a very sturdy and reliable... Mm software which is mm. i think what we need and what we want at that level of event and i think it'll just make the experience a lot more enjoyable for everyone mm. so it's it's going to be a killer event it's in start of november and it's going to be very hotly contested i know there's we've added some prizes this year as well so when i say we i mean i like i'm not it sounds really wanky when you're like oh we talking referring to it like i've got a team of of people I mean, I, oh, I shouldn't say that because we do have a team. Like, I, I cannot do it alone. So I have a team of people around me, like Mick and Gemma, Carwin, Ty, everyone who was there helping out and making sure that the event happens. I couldn't do it without them. And their contributions with Terrain and Matt's and, and helping organise and run it. And so, yeah, I just, I'm very aware of people who refer to themselves as we as a group when it's a like one man show in order to like inflate their own mm. yeah yeah no Gemma Gemma uh, Carlin and Ty do a great job <laughs> of supporting you it's really great they do an awesome job yeah yeah um, so yeah I, I I will say I cannot do it without the team that I have around me and I am very excited to be able be in a position to put on an event like this again because it is a privilege at mm. the end of the day like mm. it it's an event that it's a lot of work leading up to it and then that first round starts and I'm like this is my favorite thing in the world mm. so cool yeah very exciting that that sold out um, and then a week after that sold out we attended goldcon we did yeah uh, which is one of the big GTs in southeast Queensland, yep. hosted by Scott and Nicole, mm-hmm. and it went gangbusters. It did. It uh, did. Sixty-four players. Sixty-four players, and it was a blast. Yeah, that was that was what. Uh, well, we'll start with the breakdown. What did you take as your army? Uh, so I took the oaken brow list that I had painted up and finished painting up probably. Oh, I don't know if I'd finished it by the last episode. I think I had. So I just finished it where basically it's uh, ochre brow. So, um, you know, you've got to do 13 wounds to a tree lord before he counts as being that's, scaled. That's so good. Uh, so, again, um, 
new GHB. Mm, first big event with the new GHB. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot to kind of take away from it, which I'll talk about at the end. But essentially, it was just a quick rundown was Branch Witch as the general. And that was probably the biggest difference because I used to have Dirth, who was my general in the um, older iteration. And I would have a Cities of Sigma wizard that gave plus two to charge out. Yes, because that used to be the crucial piece in that Correct. list. Yeah, so I, it still exists, but I decided to take it out because I didn't want to have to rely on that, knowing that it was going. Um, so I made my my elf wizard, essentially. I hit it up with Scott and said, is it all right if I run her as a branch witch? And he said, yep, I think it's a way better model anyway. And he loves that <laughs> model and I agreed. So, um, so I got the branch witch as my general. She's got spell singer, so she casts through the trees. She's got the exact same spell as the war song. It's just not as crazy effective because you don't get plus one and you're not getting two casts with it and a four up board as well. Um, Grand Strat was to keep her alive at the end of the game. Um, three out of five games, I got the Grand Strat. Very good. So okay. uh, she was alive at the end of three games. Um, overall, uh, there are some list changes that I've made after the event based okay. on running the game, like after games going, okay, cool for battle tactics. I really need to consider list rewrites. So yeah, Currently, as it stood, it was Lady of Vines, because I think she's great now, and actually nearly every Sylvaneth player that was playing at that event, so there was six of us, I think. There was a lot of Sylvaneth. Yeah, I think there was six of us, and I think five were running Lady of Vines. Right. Yeah. Which is a big shift from yeah. what we've seen. So she's, be... she's cheap enough now, and with the mm. primal dice, her spell's more reliable, which is yes, great. Yes, so because that was the board. deal breaker, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, a seven... Uh, was never reliable enough and no. uh, made it difficult without <laughs> any pluses to cast or rerolls. So, um, Lady of Vines, Drycha, Tree Lord Ancient, and Durthu. Mm -hmm. So, I pretty much had six heroes, I think, five heroes. And then uh, Tree Rebs, a unit of Tree Rebs, and two Tree Lords. So, that right. was the list. And then a Spite Swarm Hive. So, uh, really elite. Had an absolute blast running them. I was about to say, did you love having... Because that's like a... That's like a variation of like Ogre Monster Trucks or Mega Gargants where you only have like a few pieces but they're high impact yeah. on the game. Yeah, I, I think what I like about them is that it plays every phase. So yeah, I have okay. a lot of magic. Um, I have really cool movement in the sense that all the Tree Lords get their own teleports mm. in addition to the Sylvaneth teleport. So it's kind of the freedom of movement along with the um, tree revs as well. It just meant I could get to where I needed to be. Um, I will say I think I didn't have enough practice. So I've played probably five games with the list in total. Okay. Um, against Tim, Luke McFadden, and Dave Kerr. Right. So three really solid players, but I would love to get more reps in so I know the weaknesses of the list to kind of yeah. go cool. Because... Like, by game five, I tried something different. So I was trialing things, which is better to do in practice games than it is in a tournament. Mm -hmm. um, but I had an absolute blast playing. And my last opponent, who I'll probably talk about later, uh, he said, probably turn four or five of our game, he's like, this list looks so much fun to play. Yeah. I, and I, it, and it, yeah. I haven't seen it 
playing on the table, but it sounds like a blast. It, it's so much it's fun. Just and, a yeah. lot of technical. It's still parts. still Sylvaneth, so it still punishes you for making mistakes. But I really liked the fact that it does movement. It shoots a lot, mm-hmm. so it has about forty shots in the list. Okay, which people don't expect. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the combat's really solid as well. And yeah. You throw Dirth into something and watch the world burn and it's still a good time. But even <laughs> yeah. the Tree Lords and, and the Tree Lord Ancient can still go toe-to-toe. Drycha still goes solid. Lady of Vines does not, but that's okay. Uh, good to know. Good um, to know. <laughs> but yeah, I, that was the list that I took. So it was 1970 and I had the Bloodthirsty as my triumph. So Very good. roll charges. How about yourself? Uh, so I took Slanesh. Uh, so I got a ticket very late in the game. Um, I picked up a ticket about eight days before the event, uh, which was one day before list submission. Uh, so I ended up, I submitted my list late because I didn't realize it all happened in a bit of a blur. And so I submitted a list. The most recent event that I'd attended was a thousand points. Uh, so it did not take long before the other Slanesh players sent me messages and were like, Hey man, you've only got two battle line. So I scrambled to submit another list. Um, and yeah, so, and this, this comes down, my performance at the event can be directly linked to my preparation because I had thrown together a list that I think looked, cause I was going primarily for hobby in hopes of winning a hobby award. So I picked things like Glutos. There are a few units in there that I chose specifically because of the models. Um, I cracked I played zero games on the new GHB. I cracked the plastic on my GHB the night before. Um, I had played no games since that 1,000-point tournament, which was probably a month and a half before. Not for lack of opponents, because I had about six people message me and were like, hey, man, if you want a game this week leading into the event, let me know, and I'll I'll line up. I'll, we'll do whatever we have to do to get a game in. And the week that I had just ended up not being that <laughs> so I I played my first game in a long time as game one of the tournament but I went with things that I knew were good and then I threw in some other things so I had the epitome with the same loadout crown of dark secrets and flaming weapons, flaming weapons. Uh, I took Lutos mm-hmm. because that's probably one of my favourite models that I own and it's a good centerpiece for the army. He's great as well. Yeah, and he's he he's really cool now. Like not that he wasn't before. I played yeah. him in the old yeah. in the old book, but his new war scroll has so many quality of life changes. For example, his ward save is always on and doesn't bracket. So you used to lose that after five wounds. His ward save just disappeared. His shooting attack is just twos twos, no rend, flat six damage with a twelve inch range. So it's hilarious because you can just go boop and people sweat when they roll that save dice because they get their full armor save, but if they fail it, a foot hero is probably going to die. Um, I My third hero was a shard speaker, oh, yeah. which was... I took it knowing that wizards were a big deal, not really considering the fact that I already had two pretty reliable wizards. And she was probably, for what I got her for, I could have swapped her out for probably three or four other heroes that would have done a lot more. So like the Enrapturist, the Mask, Lord of Pain, Lord of Hubris, all would have probably performed a bit better in the grand scheme of things. 
Uh, Battleline was a unit of 20 and two units of 10 Bliss Barbs. Mm -hmm. I then took two units of five Painbringers. So that was the first time I'd put them on the table because, again, they are models that I painted recently. They have a natural three up that can very easily get to a two up um, through Mystic Shield, all out defense. They have a special rule. If they're contesting an enemy objective or they're in enemy territory, they get a plus one to their save. So they're very durable. And I really like them as a unit mm. after the weekend. And then I had one unit of Slick Blades and I had the Malevolent Maelstrom, which in hindsight, the Malevolent Maelstrom is very counterintuitive to the army. Because every time I used it, I found it very limiting in my own movement because I wanted to stay away from it, but movement for Slanesh is like half the game. So, it's... I had a pretty rough... So, I only attended day one, because I had family commitments on day two. My wife is, you know, she's a nurse, so she has work commitments, and I had the kids. So, I only played the first day, but I was like, at least I can get along, see everyone, you know, get some games in. Um... My game one was against Gavin Woodrow, mm -hmm. uh, who we've been trying to line up a game for a long time, and he put out a grudge video that he filmed in the shower. Yeah, it was excellent. It was, <laughs> it was excellent. Uh, so I thought it only fair to, you know, respond in kind and record one from the bath, uh, which you can find on Twitter if you want. It was a hard follow because like four days before I posted my video... Um, did you see the video that Brad put on Twitter? He's one of the... Okay, so he's one of the Tough Crowd guys. Hilarious. And he made a full music video that was... The production quality was far greater than mine because I basically filmed one on my iPhone in the bath. Excellent. Um, but it was good. Like, getting grudge videos out, I think is what... What did your kids think of you? Well, they were all asleep. And what did your wife think? My wife was just, like, rolling eyes. Like, she was like... Her biggest concern with the whole thing that was that I was, you know, filming <laughs> filming a video stark naked in the bath, right? Oh, you were naked? Oh, yeah. Oh. There were bubbles and everything. Like, you couldn't see anything, and there was no nudity. Uh -huh. But it was the comedy factor of... You, you know, know, you could have just worn clothes in there. No one would have known. Well, you know, like, method actors, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. No, I didn't think of that. I you, just kind you of went about... Christian Bale, that's fine. Yeah, that's... You know what? <laughs> Christian Bale. I wish. Um, so, yeah, we played round one. Um, he was playing Trolls, mm -hmm. which I didn't realise seems to be really, really good at the moment. It's an excellent list. Um, and I got absolute. We were playing Geomantic Pulse, and it was one of those games where I lost priority round two. He took it, and I'd committed to the wrong flank. And then one rock gut trogoth held up my entire army locked in combat for two turns <laughs> while he just marched. He marched because he'd split his army in half and I'd gone for the weak side expecting to give him turn two. I pick my end of the board and basically build a little fortress around, march towards him, shoot stuff off. He ended up winning priority, uh, threw it on the other end and... Uh, basically the opposite happened. I got held at one end of the board by a couple of pesky units that would not die. And by the time I killed them, 
his trolls were in the middle of the board, had already gotten up on points, and I ended up losing that game significantly. Like, I went down hard. So, I started the day off with a brutal loss and bragging rights to Gavin, which is something that I resent giving him, but, you know, that's sometimes how the dice go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was your game one? Yeah, good, man. Um, I, so, I actually, uh, the week before Goldcon, um, Anthony Magro put up a post about Goonhammer's um, app. Oh, the app. So, I've actually got that, and I used it in one of the practice games I had against Luke, where actually I used it after the practice game and just wanted to see how it would go in entering details and things like that. It is an excellent app for tracking as much as you like. So, you can add in CPs if you want. You can add mm. in as anything you like. But essentially, what I wanted to do was just have it as a, a track. I've got Henry's um, pad that he oh, yes. has given out. Because every player got a, like a Correct. small pad. Yeah, um, which I think are excellent as well. So they're really awesome. good for just keeping track. And it means that transparency-wise for your opponent, you're talking things through mm. as they're entering. So I'm entering the details. It then becomes really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, because then at the end, you kind of go, oh, cool, there it is. The score in front. There's yep. not really any questions on it because as I say, what's the battle tactic? I say it and then we, you know, work it out. What's really cool is then the remaining battle tactics are given you as an option. So you're not having to go and mm-hmm. say, oh, you've done that one already. It's just there. Yeah. Um, so I ended up playing against Sam, uh, a guy I've never played before. Okay. Um, he was running Blades of Corn. Oh, is this Sam Wikes? No, no. Okay. Different Sam. Sam, okay. Sam B, his name Sam was. B. I don't know okay. the last name. But I played Sam W. Great. He was also playing Corn. But there we'll get go. to that. So Sam B was running um, Bloodlords. So mm-hmm. he had Scarbrand. He had the Thirst with the Whip. Uh, 30 Bloodletters and um, some Blood Reavers and things like that. So, uh, sorry, Flesh Hounds. So um, then the Bloodmasters as well as his priests. So mm-hmm. a, a full demon army. Yeah. I really liked he had three crushes and the Crusher Lord, and the Crusher Lord Ooh, was yeah, his, okay. his um, general. Um, grand strat was to kill the unit with the artifact. So okay. kill all artifacts and then hold the middle and not have your opponent in the Ooh. middle. Really tough one. Yeah. Um, it's a generic one for the grand strat. So we ended up playing really solid game. I took first turn. And I thought, I'm going to hamstring him here. Mm -hmm. So I juiced Durthu up. And he didn't have the plus three to charge because I didn't get it off. And I thought, that's okay. I've got a couple of chances of getting it here. Mm -hmm. He didn't make the charge. Oh, no. Then what was really clever was Sam Sam played it really well. He then dragged me over with the prayer. Yep. So you had to move eight into combat. So I couldn't then escape. Um, He then uh, turned off my ward save with his hero. And threw 30 um, Bloodletters blood in, which mm-hmm. in Bloodlords, they do their mortal wounds on a five and a six. Yeah. Really solid list. Um, so I lost Earth turn one. And I was like, okay, we've got a bit of an uphill battle here. I thought the game was over after that. Um, and again, it was not practice. So I yeah. lost a battle tactic as well because my battle tactic was make a charge. Yeah. So... Uh, there was a lot there that I kind of went, okay, cool, I could have done better, but I learnt from it in the next game, which was really good. So, mm. um, it's funny, it was one of those games where his whole army comes to my corner, because I put everything in a corner, 
And by the time he got to me, I then teleported everything away. And uh, so it was yeah, very okay. Wood Elf, very exactly what I love yeah. about, you know, my Dark Elder I used to play, you know, Wood Elves I used to play. Just loved that whole, I'm here, now I'm not, and I'm shooting you and I'm taking out your targets that you need. Um, so unfortunately for Sam, and this is where this new GHB is important, the wording of one of the battle tactics is is that you have to so surround and destroy you have to pick three units that are on the table and you have three different board edges two outside of your opponents uh, outside of your deployment zone yeah was this game one or two game one game so one. he did that and wasn't that wasn't that the game two scenario no no the it's a battle tactic oh battle tactic right okay yeah right, surround right, and destroy right. battle tactic gotcha. so he um didn't make the run move high oh, enough with his blood secretor and didn't get out of his deployment well what he ended up doing was he then dropped valkia and put it down right so we thought yep cool battle tactics done mm-hmm. end of the game we were going through and then i had a look at the battle tactic and the wording of it was you have to pick the unit on the table yeah. so he didn't get the battle tactic rough we talked it out. He was really good about it because I said, look, I don't want to get a win based yeah. on this and I don't want to... And it ended up being that with him losing that battle tactic, I got my grand strat, he didn't, and we drew. Ooh, wow. Yeah, so we ended up drawing um, 24 all. Wow. Oh, sorry, 22 all. A draw game. game one. Yeah. So draw game one. The ultimate submarine. Yeah, it was... <laughs> it, it, I'm kidding. It was one of those games where I think Sam could have won it after Dirthu had died, I could have won it if I just played better. Um, yeah. It was also funny because I think my biggest frustration at Tim's event was that every opponent said to me, if you rolled better, yeah. you would win. Yeah. And Sam actually said to me, oh, if you had it rolled normally, you would have absolutely oh. smashed me. And I was like, yep. It's devastating. It's, <laughs> and you know what? I It wasn't the last opponent that said that to me. Oh, wow. For the weekend. Oh, so geez. I think I'm learning very quickly that I can't rely on luck, so I have yeah. to really play like gotta, I'm not going to get what I need. Yeah, you got to put the um, odds in your favour. So yeah, so a draw to start off, but a really good game. And Sam was a great guy as well. Yeah, and, awesome. And again, I didn't want to take it away uh, with a battle tactic failed battle tactic in game five yeah. uh, turn five because I had that happen to me at Tim's event and I put a really sour it's a taste real in feel my bad, yeah. but Scott did just say look it's the way that the battle tactics worded yeah. you can't achieve it yeah so and that's fair enough and that's what uh, you know that's what TO's they get given hard decisions yeah. sometimes yeah. and that's what they have to come yeah. in and say is like, and Sam was an absolute gentleman and going you know what I didn't get it and yeah. it's my fault for not reading the rule properly, and let's let's move on. Yeah. So, which no, was good. Uh, game two? Game two. I played... Sorry, I didn't play Sam. I played Jamie Wikes, mm-hmm. uh, who was also playing Blades of Corn, uh, also in that Bloodlords, the sub-faction where they do a Mortal Wounds on yep. fives. So he was playing a mixed force of demons and mortals. So he had a big block of 20 blood letters with the Herald... That makes them always struck first. Or he strikes first and then triggers them to activate. Uh, he has Scarbrand. He had the Bloodthirster that strips your ward saves. Uh, I don't know which one they're called. The one He had a whip. Well, it's the um, it artifact. artifact. So okay. the artifact is Agarath, the King of Blades. Right. So yeah. that that one of the Bloodthirsters had that artifact on him. Uh, then he had two units of Flesh Hounds... Uh, two units of Blood Reavers, 
and then he had a slaughter priest, and what's the new lady? Uh, Realmgore ritualist. A Realmgore yeah. ritualist. Um, so I hadn't played against the, again. This comes down largely to practice, but also to the fact that Jamie is a weapon on the table because he played one of the most clinical games I have ever seen. And he starts the game off going, oh yeah. Because I was like, oh, I've got a rough idea how corn works. And he's like, okay, cool. I play against Slanesh every single week. And I'm like, oh no. Mm-hmm. As soon as he said that, I'm like, I'm in for a rough ride here. Um, and so this was the scenario. Oh, do you remember the name of the scenario? Oh, this is all very new to me. It's the one you've got um, four objectives in a diamond shape. And opposite ones, whoever goes second gets to activate two opposite objectives. Alright? And you also get points for killing wizards. You also get points for killing wizards, which was not great, because he had zero wizards and I had three. Yeah. And his whole army's geared towards, like, nuking wizards. So I dropped first. He was, like, 11 drops. I was two. So I dropped first. I gave him turn one with the intent of activating the two middle objectives Forcing him off his line so that when it's my turn, I have someone to hit, basically. I'm, I'm pushing him into the middle of the table or denying him points because he can't move in and score. So his turn one was basically capping both of those objectives and sending his two flesh hounds up the flanks to cap the surround and destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, so his turn one was a max point score. And I was like, all right, no worries. I made a couple of mistakes in deployment. So I had my shard speaker off by herself because Andorian Locust score an extra point on objectives too. So I had her very isolated. Uh, I got the double from one into two. And I shot a bunch of stuff, did a bit of damage here and there. But the big play was trying to lift the unit of bloodletters. So I stripped a point of armor sable off them with the shard speaker's mirror. I charged my I buffed up my slick blades, charged them in, and with the intent of just killing as many bloodletters as I could, using them for euphoric killers and racking up a heap of depravity. Okay. What I didn't realize is that I'd tagged the Herald mm-hmm. hiding in the back of the unit, who always strikes first who then triggers the bloodletters to strike before my slick blades got to strike so basically I've charged in with a fully buffed up unit and they've just died instantly and at that point I'm like man I'm in a real pickle here uh, the other mistakes that I made was um, the lack of awareness of how easy it is to hand corn blood tithe mm-hmm. Uh, because in my first turn, I fired all guns. So I threw out the Maelstrom. I cast like five spells, including spells on his units, which was my last spell. So this has all come crashing down on me in one like catastrophic moment, right? Is that I've got a fully buffed up Maelstrom sitting there. My last spell was Overwhelming Acquiescence, where you pick D3 units within 24 inches of the Epitome, you get plus one to wound against them, right? Great spell. Um, turns out <laughs> that on a five up, they ignore the effect anger to blood tithe. Then the maelstrom went off, and that happened again. They ignored a bunch of 
effects, I've got more blood type. So from that point on, it was like they were they were using blood type to move out of sequence and to fight out of sequence and to like drag Glutos back into combat, strip his ward save. The epitome's ward save just vanished because the Bloodthirster charged her and went, oh, you got a 2-up ward, do ya? <laughs> Not anymore. And just killed her instantly. Um, and then at the end of the game, the most devastating part, because I lost by a huge margin, right? The most devastating part of the game was at the end, Jamie, who's a lovely dude, he was like, you know that's the first time I've beaten Slanesh in eight months? <laughs> and he plays them weekly. And I'm like, oh man, don't tell me that. It's all right. Yeah, so that was that was game two. That's probably the one of the worst starts I've had to an event was going getting twenty zeroed twice mm -hmm. in the space of about six hours. So I was off to a rough start. <laughs> that was your game two. <laughs> good man, good, good. Um I played Scott Moss, who mm -hmm. uh he was running Bladescon. Okay. So I am facing Blades of Corn for a second time. Oh, okay. Uh, as you said, in a mission where wizards get extra points, and I have five wizards. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was... Sorry, four wizards. But one of those things where I thought, okay, what can I take advantage of here? And I learnt from my last game, which oh, is shit. when you go with Harness the Spirit Paths, you throw two Tree Lords up, and you try and charge one in and get a strike and fade. And right, okay. So that's what I did. Um... Interestingly, I did that as my first battle tactic through tree, two Tree Lords into his lines. Mm -hmm. One of them strike him faded. Tree Lords have an ability where if you hit them in combat or hit your opponent in combat, they can't pile him. Okay. Because they get strangled rooted. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, they also have a strike last mechanic as well. Oh, spicy. So I got raw and strike last off. Oh, brutal. So I went into three units. Uh, one of the Tree Lords bailed out, um, and he was going second, so he basically said, let's make it the two far objectives. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky because my um, Andorian Locus in my branch, which gives me an extra point for holding the objective, so mm -hmm. did that. Um, tree Lords, so the first Tree Lord strike and fade, second one stays in combat. Okay. He then had to, so he tied up four units. Oh. So his battle tactic <laughs> what that, that Scott picked was um, surround and destroy. Okay. So he was trying to get out of his lines, oh, get into his sides. Oh, and you locked him in his... And I locked him in. Oh, and he brutal. didn't roll a high enough run. So he didn't get his battle tactic turn one. Oh, rough. He didn't hold any objectives turn one. Oh, oh he held one dude. objective, sorry, turn one. <laughs> so he got one point. Okay. So my four. So right, okay. it was a bit of a rough start for Scott. So mm -hmm. he gets second turn, um, clears off the tree lord, which was good because it was a good, you know, loss for me. I'm like, yep, cool. I'm happy to lose him because he did his job. Yeah. It was basically a pretty sort of clinical approach then, from from my perspective, in that, um, you know, I, I lost one wizard in the whole game. Um, Jeez, that's I good. was jumping back and forth. Durthu and Drycha were just doing Durthu and Drycha things. Scarbrand got to do absolutely nothing because I just shot him to death and then threw, Scar uh, threw Durthu into him and Durthu did 38 damage to him. 38? Yeah. Jeez. So it's that sort of thing of, like, it was a really nice thing to see because the last game, 
I was playing corn and I thought, well, what could I do against this? Mm-hmm. This one had um, very similar list. I think he had one... No, he had exactly the same heroes. So I think he actually had a couple of mortal heroes and he had some blood reavers instead of um, uh, all blood letters. Okay. And he also had Garrick's reavers as well. Excellent. So, you know, it was a cool list, um, but a pretty clinical win from my mm. side of things. So yeah. draw into a win. Yeah, okay. for round two, which Very was good. good, but a really good game, and, and Scott was genuinely a lovely player. Like, yeah, yeah, I played really, him yeah, Super he nice was too. really lovely, and um, didn't have the best of weekends for results, but I hope he had a good time because he, yeah, yeah, he said when I had my models on the table, he said, "Oh yeah, I've seen your army on Twitter and stuff," and I was thinking, "Oh, who I, like who is this You're person?" Like, oh no, <laughs> but I think his Twitter handle's Kaisol. It's K Y S O L. Oh yes, okay, so, yeah. So Scott. Um, if you're listening to this, thank you for an excellent game, my friend. You handled it like an absolute champ because mm. there are a couple of things that Battle Tactics just didn't go his way and, and yeah, it was hard okay. hard when dice turn against you as well. And, oh, it is. Yeah. Very deflating. Yeah. So. Uh, so, Gabe, your last game for the event. My last game for the event. So, I played... I was on the second to... I think I was on table 31. Right down the bottom. Like, I'd had, I posted zero points on the board at this point. Um, and I played one of the guys from the Gold Coast mm-hmm. and it was a young guy called Kobe mm-hmm. and it was his first ever tournament. He'd been playing Warhammer for eight months and he's been putting reps in down at Broadbeach and he came into it, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to storm the event. And I think it was a bit of a, a bit of a tempering experience for him being like, okay, everyone here knows what they're doing and has some brutal lists. Um, he was playing ogres, so he was largely leaning into gut busters with Kragnos. Okay. And Kragnos is one of those models that I've always had issues dealing with because a two-up save and the amount of damage that he can put out is obscene. Right? So, he also had four tyrants. Mm-hmm. The idea being that 3d6 charges with the tyrant's gut plates, they do horrific amount of mortal wounds. If that, if the, if all four of them and Craggy charge at once, they can lift off a huge number of models, right? So I was like, okay, I need to watch out for this. I gave him turn one. Uh, he rolled. It was the one. The scenario again. Anyone sitting at home who has a GHB or is experienced with those scenarios is going to be like screaming at the radio, but. Uh, it is the scenario where you have quite a narrow deployment zone in the mm-hmm. middle of the board. There's three scenario, uh, three objectives across the middle and you can put D3 units into reserve. Now, the event ruled that it has to be D3 friendly units because it's mm. not written that way, uh, which was 100% the correct call. Um, so Kobe's built a bit of a castle with all these gutbusters, tyrants and craggy behind. I gave him first turn. He's marched forward onto the center objective. Um, I then got the double. So my my turn one was spent shooting off ogre bulls and charging slick blades into some lead belches for depravity. I got about 10 depravity out of them. Uh, and I think I wounded Kragnos with some archers and he did his raw and damage to a few of the tyrants around him. Not majorly. He popped them all pot and healed them all anyway. So it wasn't a huge impact to the game. Um, turn two, I knew that I had one turn to 
stop Kragnos or he was going to Rampage because he's one of those models where I knew if he hit anything of importance, he would kill everything in his way. So I'm like, all right, I've got to kill this dude. So naturally, I picked him as the target for the Crown of Dark Secrets. Um, I got the Shard Speaker in range, stripped a point of armor save off him. The Epitome's gone in as the Euphoric Killer. She's done 10 wounds to him. The Slick Blades went in and finished him off to the wound. So I've managed to lift off Kragnos pretty convincingly. And I'd already taken off a lot of the bodies that Kobe had. And that was a bit of a... I think that was the point where Kobe was like, man, what are you doing on the bottom tables? Like, Because it was the perfect situation for my army where I'm like, finally, the combos clicked. I've, I'm facing an army with like a god model that I can completely shut down. Because he did, I think he did like four wounds to the Slick Blades before the Slick Blades got to fight. So he killed one model <laughs> from Kragnos, you know, because he had one attack on each profile. And he was neg one to hit because I, my depravity was already through the roof. It was a rough, like, credit to Kobe because he took it well. Mm. But it was a rough game for him. Um, but I knew, it was one of those games where I knew I couldn't t- take the foot off the accelerator. Or like, you know, you can't coddle people in Warhammer. Because I nearly, like, despite all of that, I still got an absolute beating. Because his tyrants then got a double turn. I had three tyrants charge the slip blades and just kill them with mortal wounds. Um, a unit of four ogre bulls charged into the epitome and just killed her. Like, straight away. Just mashed her. And then he got the double turn into three and started clearing off, like, the tyrants all charged into my painbringers who have a two-up save, but they have no mortal wound save at that point in the game. So he's lifted them off. And it became this... Like, I was in a commanding position, but I was losing models at speed and I managed to play it like I left the ogre bulls alive until I was in a position where I had um, the tactic where you kill where you get revenge for your generals yeah death yeah that one that one we all know what we're talking about so I you know I, I had to play a smart game with battle tactics and make sure that I was you know not boxing myself out of scoring points and so I ended up winning that one I think it was 25 to 15. Um, and I was really happy with that. Kobe went on to go 1 and 4, I think. Mm-hmm. So he got his win, which he was happy. But he had a wager with Lane House and one of the boys from the Gold Coast that if he lost against me, if he went day one with zero wins, he would have to wear Lane's romper the next day. Uh, and so I wasn't there on the Sunday, but I yeah, imagine he that happened. he definitely was. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. So, but he's um yeah he he played a real tight game. He knew his rules. I think it's a, you know I think, I was going to send him a message actually about ogre lists and I think that list with um with all the stonehorns, I think that just runs straight through my army. Like I don't, I don't think I even get a look in at that army. I think it just bulldozes everything. So. I think he's got opportunities because he was a bit down on the army. He's like, man, ogres aren't very good. And I'm like, well, you know, parts of ogres are not as strong. If you're leaning hard into one war scroll like tyrants, there are limitations to that because 
you need to be charging for them to be working. And yeah, he's got a unique list. He's I got a very it's, unique list. It's a cool idea, but again, it's that sort of thing of being cute doesn't really work all the time. Yeah, so. and in, in, in tournaments particularly, when yeah. you need an all-comers list that can handle yeah. certain things, and play scenarios. He had the Arcane Tome on one of his tyrants, and that was his only wizard mm. in an Andorian Locust meta. Mm. Um, I think he could have really benefited from a Butcher or one of the Firebellies, because mm. the Firebellies have... The Cloud of Ash, that's yeah, just a neg one to hit cool. aura, yeah. which is yeah. the most painful thing ever. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some opportunities for it. I hope that he I hope that he didn't take the weekend badly. Like mm. I hope it was a good experience for him and that it kind of lights the fire for him with tournaments. Because I know that, you know, a, a rough tournament can be a bit of a deflating experience, mm. and I hope that he didn't have that. Mm. Like he's got the crew around him and they're all throwing jokes around all weekend, mm. so um, yeah, I hope that he kind of takes away some lessons from that and, and improves, and I look forward to getting my ass kicked by him soon. <laughs> Lovely. It's good stuff. Uh, game three for you. Uh, so I ended up going, I was on table seven, mm-hmm. um, into Aaron Grinch, which I probably said his last name wrong, but um, he won No Holds Barred. He did win Zinch. No Holds Barred. So, One of the hobby grots. Yeah, so he's running Soul Black Gravelords in this list so it was a Vicross Dynasty um Belladama with 5 up ward artifact and uh Vampire Lord on foot Necromancer on foot uh Radicar the Beast and then it was uh I've got his list here because it was a brutal list um so yeah Radicar the Beast he's got the 5 up ward as well mm-hmm. the Ufinkani Phylactery Bell- oh, yeah. Belladama Volga, um, Necromancer with Merciless Blizzard and Wastes Away, so that's the 46 Mortal Wounds. Oh, um, yes. Uh, Vampire Lord um, with Hoarth Frost and Spirit Gale, three times 10 Direwolves, and then two times 20 Graveguard, and Ooh. then a unit of five Blood Knights. Um, now, with Vicross, they can bring 10 Wolves on. With a heroic action. Another 10 wolves. So, yep. And Is that every turn or just no, once No, just once per game. And okay. Belladama can also bring on wolves as well. So he's got another $20 so in the pocket. So I think five she brings on. So basically it was 45 die wolves on the table. Oh, man. Um, and I think the... Like Aaron played it really well. He was an excellent player. Um, <coughs> I pushed onto the two outside objectives. Mm-hmm. And kind of pushed for a, well, we're going to grind it out. Yeah. Um, our first two turns, I got five points. He got five points. Right. And he actually said at the end of the game, he's like, I thought you were just going to hold me to a draw. He's yeah. like, because it seemed like you were just going to do that. And yeah. it seemed like a really good call. I made a mistake because I got a bit excited. And Durthu killed 20 Graveguard. Okay. And then Strike him faded away. Good move. So it wasn't. So oh. mainly because I had Durthu and a Tree Lord on one objective, mm-hmm. then I had Drytra, a Tree Lord, and a Tree Lord Ancient oh, on another objective. Oh, I see objective. where this is going. So it just put five models on instead of ten, and also Durthu's going to clear whatever, whatever he, yeah. particularly in death, whatever he's up against, he will yeah. clear it. And especially with that list where it's bodies. Correct. So I think I made that mistake because as I was killing stuff, he was just bringing it back. The recursion of Sob Light Grave Lords is now Impressive. very well known. <laughs> yeah. um, it's one of the top armies out there. The book itself 
you can run whatever you like, essentially. Legion yeah. of Blood was really good. It still is. Mm. Legion of Knights now showing up in every list. Um, Vicross is also showing up in every list. Yeah. And I liked this list because it was different. Mm-hmm. It was tough to get through. Um, ended up on a loss, obviously. But I think I had the right idea and I should have stuck to my guns mm. instead of trying to change it up and be cute. Um I also, yeah, I think it was just one of those games where you trial these things in practice games. You don't do it at tournaments. So, yeah, it was. So I finished day one, 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 one. Okay, that's not a bad spot to be in. Like yeah. you can go a lot of places with correct, that. correct. So okay. it wasn't a bad spot to be in. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, day two. So, I have nothing to contribute to yeah, day two. So day two came back. I played Monty Moss in oh. in round four. Lovely dude. Um. <laughs> It was the six objectives that are really far spread out on the edges of your Ooh, deployment zone. yeah, okay. So it meant that the middle space, I could pick whatever terrain piece I like to be overgrown, essentially. So because I'm not restricted by it being in his deployment zone. Of course. So it just meant I had board control from the get-go. Mm-hmm. His army needs to be in combat with me. I can avoid being in combat with yeah. him and pick my combat Very easily, too. So... We had a really fun game. Monty is so lovely. I felt for him because I don't think I told him this, and if he is listening, but the first round, I rolled an 11 on the Branch Witcher spell, which does mortal wounds to everyone in nine. I roll 11 dice, and every five up is a mortal wound. And it gutted the majority of his army. And I saw it kind of broke him a little bit and I kind of was like, this is rough because she's been rolling on average a seven. Yeah. Which is normal. Uh, But an 11 was pretty hot. kind of relates to maybe two or three mortal wounds here and there. Correct. So his war boss was dead by turn two. Oh no. His (laughs) unit of 20 yard boys was down to five or 10 by turn two. Uh, His pigs had lost two pigs. Like there was just stuff that was been removed um, it was also a tougher mission because if you have three units on an objective it explodes on a four up really yeah it's really cool that's a so bit of fun Fountains of Frost is the name of it Fountains of Frost that sounds like a blast it's a really good mission <laughs> um, uh, that, that was ice cold game that was yeah it was met with a frosty reception yeah anyway <laughs> Um, so, like, long story short with that one, it was big win for me. Um, Monty handled it like a boss. We spoke about afterwards, because we both are Bone Splitters players, been talking to each other for the last... Awesome. ...eight years about Bone Splitters yeah. on a regular basis, and it was good to finally have a game in person with him. Yeah, like the whole um, Queensland player base in one yeah, table. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, all of Bone Splitters, but we're talking about how it's a it bad place to be for Bone Splitters at the moment. He's got yeah. his... Big worries running. He wants to try and run Iron Shores. We were talking about the new update coming and mm-hmm. the excitement there. So, yeah, I really hope he gets some really nice updates because he's been fighting a good fight there. He has been, um, yeah. And good on him because I think he had a really good time. And he's been playing Lord of the Rings, so we were talking about that oh, for awesome. about 45 minutes after our game. Nice. So it was really good. Uh, so that puts me at 2 one, one. Mm-hmm. So then I go to table 7 or okay. 6 uh, for the last round. Okay. Up against Eddie McMichael. Ooh. So Eddie and I have never played each other. Really? Yes. In 40k or Fantasy or Age of Sigma. Because we've been in the same scene as Eddie for over 15 a years, decade. Yeah, yeah, like a so long time. So he's been 6Z, 40k. He's been around since. Yeah. Um, 
So we finally got to play each other and it was awesome because he was... I mean, Eddie's such a good player. Mm. And he's running Stormcast. Yeah. He's running kind of old school Stormcast as well. Okay. So he's got Star Drake. Uh, he had a Banner Guy for Teleport, but not the Relictor. It was Ooh, just the, okay. the Banner Oh, yes, the, yep. Uh, there was... Um, Two units of five of the sword boys. So the two-handed sword oh, guys, the awesome. new guys. Yeah, the models are sick. And the unit of five of the spear guys. Yep. Sorry. That, Vindictors? Uh, yeah, Vindictors. And Vanquishers <laughs> was the other one. Yeah. The two units of five. He then had a unit of ten protectors. Oh, wow. Which is a big okay. paladin unit. And a unit of four fulminators. Okay. So he's got a couple of ham- big hammers in there. And then his Castellan, he had um, with the Arcane Tome. Okay. So, basically, his idea is is to buff up his big unit of 10 protectors to be on a one-up save all the time. Yeah. Um, don't move them, and they have a Ren to attack with 63 attacks in the unit or something like that. Because they, they get five attacks each or something, and they have a three-inch range. So, it's like... Whoa. They're bulk size, and yeah. it works really well. So, Fulminators obviously do what Fulminators do, and Star Drakes have a really good shooting attack. So, Star Drakes can see through forests oh, that's a because they have um, because a they wounds fly. over 10. Oh, yes, of course. Fly no, no longer stops that. Really? Okay, wounds over 10 do. Okay. So he was able to turn one snipe out my my <laughs> wizard. So that stopped my grand strat straight away. Oh, yeah. His okay. grand strat was kill the unit with an artifact and, was that and hold wizard? the middle of the table. No, so it oh, was okay. Durthu. So... Um, I lost my grand strat straight away. Now, she also miscast as her first dice roll. Oh, no. Which was great. Um, against Aaron in the last game, mm-hmm. in the last turn, she miscast and killed herself. So, it would have been Ooh, so that's a few cost more points strat. to... Yeah. yeah, okay. It's fine. That's It's what happens. And Aaron was really like, I'll oh, put it back on the table. I was like, dude, it's the rules. Like, yeah, you can't... It yeah. It's fine. Um... So, yeah, this one, she miscast first turn and then got shot. So I was like, cool, she's useless. I did a really interesting move where I just threw everything onto objectives and mm-hmm. blocked him out because he teleports all this stuff. Of course. So Durthu made an 11-inch charge. Ooh. After clearing screens, got into the 10 protectors. Oh, no. Did no wounds. Oh, no. And that's to an, <laughs> that was to an unbuffed unit. So they're on a two up save and he just rolled four ups. What rend is he got two. on his sword? Rend two. Okay. So they're needed, on four ups. I needed Tree Song to go off so that's rend three, but it didn't go off because she even discussed. Even rend two. Yeah. Damage six. That's yeah. that's it does damage. But well, anyway, sure. we so the cool thing is is strike and fade saves me. Okay. Because yeah. Dorothy can go in, did no damage, and then just strike and fade it out. Yeah. But I had the board control, had blocked him out for a turn, but it, it was a really tight game. So we were going to and fro, getting five points each. Um, I lost my Tree Lord Ancient by the end of turn two. Mm-hmm. I lost Dreicher to four Fulminators. Yep. But he then lost his Fulminators that same turn because Ooh, yeah, okay. he got a double from one into two. Yeah. Dropped the Fulminators, threw everything in. It was basically him riding on a double turn. Mm-hmm. If he didn't get that double turn, game's completely skewed yeah, my way. Yep, yep. And that's fine. That's, that's how the game works. That's what's great about double turns. Um, he had call to aid for one of his, for his, um, whatever it's called, the commands, the stormcast ones that they get. Yep. 
I killed five liber- uh, of the spear guys, the Vindictors, mm-hmm. um, with Dothu. He then called to aid onto one of the objectives I was holding just with five dryads because they needed to get back onto the board edge for the surround and destroy. Yep. Outnumbers me oh, on the objective, brutal. denies me an extra point. Oh. So that's it was great. Oh, great right, play. Okay. I said yeah. to Eddie, That is a good play. He did say, oh, did you forget? And I said, I did, but I said, that's really good play. Yeah. Like, I'm not... That's just good Good play. Yeah. I played the game of avoid the Star Drake and avoid the 10 Protectors, kill everything else. Yeah. So it came down to turn four... Lady of Vines threw a spear at one of the vanquishers on one wound. Oh, no. He makes the save. I went, yep, cool, whatever. I then said to Eddie, stupidly in his turn, why don't you just rally them? Oh, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool, I could. So he rallies, brings two of them back, rolls two sixes. I was like, yep, cool, whatever. (laughs) Then, for the last turn of the game, for me, I throw Lady of Vines into three vanquishes right mm-hmm. she could kill them she could yeah um, and it wasn't a guarantee I wasn't expecting it to happen I was kind of hoping for a bit of luck I did 8 damage to them he has a 6 up ward when he's wholly within 12 of an objective oh, and he no. rolled 8 sixes. 8 sixes. you're kidding so every single save rolled a 6 denies me 2 points oh my goodness for that turn guess how much I lost the game by one point? Two points. Oh, brutal. So the call to aid. Yeah. And me telling him to rally and oh, then getting no. that. Oh, uh, no. It was one of those things where <laughs> Eddie was just, he was pumped when he rolled his eight sixes. Oh, yeah, there as was, you would there be. There was like six people watching Rolling the game. Rolling eight sixes on one. Six people watching the game, they were like, what just happened? <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun because Eddie's quality player. Yeah. He said halfway through the game he's like your list just looks like so much fun to play and he's like yeah. it's super janky and already I've made some changes so I finished the event 2-1-2 two, two. okay um, so dead even yeah I. it's an annoying thing because I think I got that with my Alaria list as well at mm-hmm. Henry's event 2-1-2 two, two. Um, I think the draws for me I find frustrating because I know they could be wins. Yeah. They could also have been a loss. It could have been 2-3 yeah, as well. Yeah, well, that's it. So, but then it changes the whole way the event goes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so N212 loved every, all five games were excellent. Yeah. Um, even the the one against Aaron, I thought I would have been more frustrated by it, but yeah. I felt it was just a game where the three objectives are in the middle of the table. It's sold like Grave Lords. Yeah, I was the say, recursion's that's a wild. Rough, that's a rough game for any army. If I matched him into the game against Monty, mm-hmm. completely different game because yeah. I spread everything out and just I'd be up it. Yeah, it's fine. That's that's how the game works, and I love that about Age of Sigmar is that you don't go in and every game's the same. Mm-hmm. Every game's different, and you've yeah. got potential to win it. So I learned a lot from my mistakes in the mm-hmm. sense of battle tactics order, and also. Um, some of the decisions that I made in regards to what I did with Durfu or what I did with Dreicher or what I did with pairing up some of the guys, I really like the list. I think it still has a lot of play mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to keep running it because awesome. I'm really enjoying it. Good so, stuff. Yeah, so uh, results. Results. Tim, our boy. Tim. Takes it out. Yeah. First place. Just... 5-0 with his KO. He's had a few 5-0s this year, hasn't and he? And with his KO in particular. He is on a tear. He is... Uh, pumping with is that he list. number one in Australia at the moment I think so now yeah. he would be I close. think he would 
be now. Yeah. yeah. Um, has absolutely crushed it. Was yeah. great. Uh, second place was Brad with his ogres, uh, not his ogres, trolls. his trolls. Yep. Um, has been doing really well with trolls as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also went 5-0. Yep. Third place, Deeker. Deeker. The master himself. Yep. Uh, took a... He took a wild Slaves yeah. to Darkness list. Took Slaves to Darkness with the Kronzbine. He did. Um, it was funny, Dave and mm-hmm. I were having lunch day one, and there was a guy... Uh, forgive me if you listen, but there was a guy that came up to us and he was chatting and he just said, he's a Slave to Darkness player and he said to Dave, he's like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> he's like, what is what is this list? He's yeah. like, you're some kind of mad genius. And I said, yeah, you don't want to try and get in Dave's head because he's like, I would love to run something like that. I said, it's not worth it. Yeah. Don't bother. Because it's, it's so out of left field for every other player. Correct. Like there's, there's unit choices in his army where I'm like, he's running Cypher Lords. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't so make sense. So Dave went 4-1. He did. His um, only loss was to Brad, wasn't it? Correct. Who came second. Yes, yep. So loss was to Brad. He beat Pat. So Pat went to fourth, I believe. And I think I had the results here. Yeah. Um, so it was Tim first, Brad second, Dave third, Geordie fourth, sorry, with his Beast of Chaos. Yep. Pat fifth with his KO. Uh, Luke McFadden sixth with his Soul Blight. Mm-hmm. Chase with his Blades of Corn, uh, seventh, and Jared Wilson eighth with his Soul Black Grave Lords, and Brendan Chamberlain with Soul Black Grave Lords, and Luke Taylor with Night Haunt. Ooh, so that's Night the top Haunt ten. Cracking the top ten. So we've got one, two, three, four. So four of the top ten lists yep. are death. Yep. Eleventh is. Soul Black Grave Lords. Okay, so it's just death. Twelfth. Soul Black Grave Lords. Slanesh. Ooh, who was that? Matt Dale? Nathan Gibbs. Nathan Gibbs. Oh, he did very well. Thirteenth. Eddie McMichael. Oh, shit. So that could have been me. That could have been you. If I had got my two points, but that's yeah, okay. That's um, okay. <laughs> I'm, I think I ended up 29th or something because of my weird scores. Yeah, 29th. So, um, look disappointing where I went because I yeah. thought I could have gone better um, mm-hmm. but in saying that the game's super tight mm-hmm. and I did learn a lot um, we both got a trophy we did yes for hobby so um, yeah we got second and third yes for, for best presented best painting. Yeah. Um, and that was external judge so coolest army was done by all of us and then yep. external judge did that at lunchtime on Saturday yep um, and Pat and uh, so Pat picked up Best Order, Geordie picked up Best Chaos, Luke picked up Best Death, and then our lonely uh, Best Destruction came 30th, I believe. <laughs> yeah, the best, best Destruction. Destruction was not in a good no, place at this event. No, so uh, pretty rough time for that, but it was an incredible event. Scott and Nicole did an awesome job running yes, it. absolutely. Um, I loved Goldcon a few years ago when Simon was running it and yeah. I loved it this weekend and it's going to be on my calendar for next year. Absolutely. Um, along with Carwin and, and Tim's event. And, yeah, and they've been great. Henry's as well. So, yeah. yeah, look, there's a lot of great events coming up um, mm. and popping up now in southeast Queensland and that was one that if you are interstate and considering coming up, then Gold I Con's definitely recommend Goldcon. Definitely yeah. on the list. Um, I had an awesome time. Absolutely yeah. loved it. But... Yeah, a couple of takeaways. Okay, hit me. Um, I think 
After playing five games in the new GHB now, Battle Tactics and Grand... I'll say Battle Tactics, you have to be really mindful with list building mm. about scoring Battle Tactics. If your book has easy Battle Tactics, Sylvaneth have actually really good Battle Tactics to achieve. Slanesh do as well. So I've got three that I could do quite easily with, with Sylvaneth. Yep. Um, two would be guaranteed three a stretch, but then you've got to really consider what you're doing for mm. the remainder. Um, Tim and I were talking about it afterwards. There's a couple of battle tactics that are pretty straightforward in the GHB, but then it depends on matchups as well. Mm. And I think there were probably chances where I could have done the cast a spell without um, being unbound. I did that in the last game against Eddie, and I got lucky. Um, I think that's one that stresses me is that it's the luck factor yeah. that we've got to try and do. Because it comes down to dice rolls. Correct. Uh, the Surround and Destroy is pretty straightforward with Sylvaneth. Yep. I think that's pretty achievable and I've redesigned my list now to do that. Yep. I also think the um, Intimidate Invaders is pretty achievable yes, with, with Sylvaneth. Yep. Um, I think the one that's probably hardest is the Lead into the Maelstrom which is your hero and battle line have to make a charge and then one of them has to still be in combat. Yeah, which seems a bit counterintuitive because you're like, realistically, if you're going in, you want to kill something. Uh, so and you're basically incentivized not to kill that And thing. particularly for my list, my army does a lot of damage. Mm. And like my and Tree it, Lord would most likely still be in combat, which is fine, but Death is not going to be in combat. Yeah, and so having Strike and Fade is pretty Correct. much an army-wide mechanic. Yeah. It makes that one very difficult to so I think it, swing for. It was one that I like. I think if I run down to kind of what I need to do, I think mm. the three battle tactics in Sylvaneth is straightforward, but then Spellcaster one is good. Surround and Destroy is Intimidate and Lead into the Maelstrom is the four that I'd probably focus on trying to get, yeah. which means I've got seven to play with mission-dependent and yeah. opponent-dependent. Um, I think the missions are excellent. There's not a single mission I didn't like. Yeah, the, the new missions are really, really good. And inter like they're fun, they're interactive. They seem very well balanced with like whoever goes second actually gets to make impactful decisions on the game, which I really like. Mm. Um, yeah, it seems like a really good... Even Primal Dice, like they sounded... I, I wasn't on the wrong end of Blizzard in my three games. And I've heard that that's been people's biggest criticisms is that Blizzard is just like... Basically hitting the delete button. Yeah, it, it but. is. Like, so I faced Blizzard a couple of times. Mm. Um, and the, there was one opponent that got it off all weekend. Right, okay. Once. Yeah. Because you have to invest a fair bit and risk well, a fair bit. It's to, a 12 to get it off. Yeah. It's, so you need at least one primal So you throw primal into it. You, like, as soon as you roll a one on your cast, you're not throwing primal dice. No, it's just not worth it. Because even there was one play, uh, one opponent who rolled a three and a one or something and went, okay, I'm going to throw Primal Dice. Oh, it was Monty. And I was like, please don't. Yeah, it's like, please. And he went, oh, think about yeah, this good. Before, he said, yeah. thanks, thanks for that. But it's just that thing of when it went off, Yeah. Um, I've got a ward save with my army. So yeah. I was quite lucky. Yeah. Um, did 18 mortal wounds to one of my tree lords yeah, and okay. he didn't die. Yeah, okay, right. Because I just, I got lucky. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is that like, I've had Blizzard against me where it's done six mortal wounds. Yeah. I've had it where it's done 16. I've had it where it's done 12, four. Yep. Like, it's it's a hard one because it's random. Yeah. I think it's a pretty...
pretty brutal spell and there are like cheap wizards people are teleporting up and then just <laughs> yeah. unleashing yep. but you know what that's their choice and, yeah. and it, I don't think it's it's actually impacting on the game as much as that's good I'm glad because at the end of the day it is uh, that was the biggest thing I found with mine was list building I made uh, I mean we talked about preparation earlier I made serious mistakes with my list both with the endless spell and with character choices and stuff because I didn't really take into consideration efficiently capping battle tactics. Um, and putting Blizzard in your list immediately goes, well, there's a drain on my resources because my primal dice have to go towards hmm. Blizzard because otherwise there's no point even having it in your army. You might as well pick a different spell. So it's like, there's a decision there. Um, I didn't have Blizzard in my list uh, because I'm like, realistically, I'd rather not because mm. I was pretty new to it and I didn't want to overcommit. My list does a certain thing and I was like, let's lean into that. Um, but yeah, I can see... I can see that list building has become more of an art mm. in this mm. era of the game, which I really like. I like going, right, here's my options. How can I efficiently use 2,000 points to achieve the yep. maximum score across five turns? Cool. And I really, like, that has got me fired up. Because that was the biggest thing about GoldCon is, like, I came out of... Oh, excuse me. I came out of it, and all I wanted to do was play another tournament. Yeah, well, I, Sunday night, it was funny, Ash was laying on the couch with me, and, and she's like, what are you doing? I was like writing lists and she's like you just finished the tournament I was like yep um, because it, it was one of those events where I went away from it and I was like I'm so keen to play more games yeah I was hyped Luke McFadden and I have been messaging each other I yeah. showed him my updated list and he made a really awesome recommendation and we spoke about the reasoning behind it being battle tactics yeah. and that's awesome that you've got armies that are now going let's try and change some things up let's not just go cookie cutter because mm, yep. Oakenbrow is cookie cutter I'm not afraid to own that it yeah. is a list that's been doing well um, I think the only difference was I'm running Lady of Vines and a lot of people are running the Flute Boy oh yeah but I'm not claiming that as like a I'm better than You're everyone it's just, yeah, a, yeah. it's just that I wanted to run yeah. an awesome model and everyone yeah. commented on how nice the model is and I was like yeah it's funny yeah. when it's painted it's yeah, yeah, a really yeah. nice model. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where now I'm purposefully thinking what battle tactics are achievable. Yep. What battle tactics are early game and late game? Yes. Uh, when I'm under the pump, what can I lose and what can I not? Mm -hmm. And so yeah, there's really cool opportunities now to to play some games, and mm. I'm so pumped. Yeah. No, so good. my next event will be teams. Yep. Which is a bit different with list design, but also I think I've got a couple of lists in mind and one of them that I've put up is very skewed. Okay. Um, but I even said to the boys, battle tactics I'm worried about. Yeah, and okay. straight away, I don't know if I'll run it because battle tactics are difficult yeah. to come by. Because even if you skew hard enough and get into a good matchup, if you can't get your tactics, you can still lose. Correct. You know. Correct. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, point. so... Um, Awesome work, Scott and Nicole. Yeah. Thank you again for running an awesome event. Um, Saturday night when they did the... Oh, the um, yeah, the, the raffle dice raffle, thing. 
uh, there was the big blow up dice and basically it was you either grab one of the raffle bags yeah. or you roll a dice and if you roll a six you get one of the top prizes on the Which were like the table. Big- the big army boxes. Yeah, and... yeah. And there was like the Warcry starter set. There was a lot there that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just became a chant where everyone was chanting roll the dice. Yeah. And we were booing people that were picking Absolutely. the bag. And the bags were actually really good. There was some really good stuff I, uh, Look, I, I don't want to say... I, re- I mean, you know, you get caught up in the moment. I rolled the dice. Oh, I rolled the dice and failed miserably. Yeah, yeah I rolled cool. like a two. So... Yeah. But like the bags, there were some awesome models in there. Yeah. Like there was... Yeah. Um, the guy standing next to me won... Um, I think it's called the Spawn of Chotek. Yeah. It's like the new Salamander for Lizardman. And I'm like, man, that's a cool model. Mm. You know, like they had some really good prize support and it was a cool way to do it. Well, they're actually opening up their own store. They are, yes. So uh, T3 Wargaming, which will be, I think Nicole said in October, don't quote me on it, but, um, or September. But yeah, basically it's going to be new new store on the Gold Coast. So Mm. get around them, support them. Um, I will be in the future and I can't wait to see what they do that's going to be awesome good times so yeah so you're moving forward next events teams yes yeah. um have you picked an allegiance that uh, you're like what army are you taking no okay and who uh easier question who's on your team uh so i've got tim okay zach yep and wes that's a so sol- same team as last year that's a solid team last year we wanted to go as the elf bros <laughs> And then Tim decides to take KO. Oh. So he ruined it. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Tim. This year, we wanted to be the four horsemen of the Chaos Gods. Awesome. But already I've ruined that. Uh, okay. Because you're not running corn? Uh, I think... <laughs> or is it still on the cards? I don't think cards? so. I don't okay. think I'm going to. But... Right. Yeah, I don't know. I've got to test the list. I don't think it works. Right. But okay. There's a particular list I want to run. For corn? Yep. And okay. I think it's pretty good for teams does it skew hard oh yeah oh that's the best like so skewed it's, my, yeah that's what i love about teams is like you get to see some absolutely yeah. mental yeah. lists it, it's one that i think will work but i, I don't know anyway yeah it could be corn um be corn. because then it was going to be me running corn tim slanesh zach Seinch, and where's Nurgle. Nurgle. yep um but at the moment we are playing around with i think Zach has like four armies he could run. Tim has four. I've got four. Yeah. Three. Three yep. armies that I could run. Plus um, cities when you well, paint I, that up. Well, <laughs> I said cities I couldn't have financially that's done sh- by then. Even financially, like that's a short turnaround. Yeah. Because yeah. let's say they come out end of September. You've got four weeks yep. to paint and submit a list. Yeah. Yep. That's a short... Oh, yeah. Especially with the quality of the models. Correct. That's not something you can just smash out in a no. weekend. So, yeah, I've even got my Stormcast I could probably do, you but do. I don't I don't think I will. Because I could do a really skewed list with that as well. But yeah, essentially, fun. Teams will be the next one. Um, awesome. I've got to settle on a list so I can practice as much as possible mm-hmm. because it's probably not going to happen a lot in the next few months practice. with my life. Yeah, oh, dude, that's fair Busyness, enough. but... I'm really keen. Can't wait for teams. It's going to be an awesome yeah, time. It will be. Um, I wouldn't mind getting to a one-dayer, like a Henry's event or yeah. um, G-Dub event or something like that, just to trial a list against some different people. Mm. Um, but yeah, that'll be my next few months before teams. Very be good. Good times. Good stuff. Yeah. Are you getting to any events before um, then? I, again, I'm maybe a one-dayer. Um, I won't be doing any big two-weekenders, or like two-day no, weekenders no. for the rest of the year. Um but I'd love to go to a one-dayer. I was thinking about getting as... Like, I've got a few 
Chaos Chosen on my paint desk at the yep. moment. Yep. Because um, I wanted to give... I went through... I had a bit of an existential crisis you that did. you would have witnessed. You did. Yeah. Where um, I was like, man... Like, I love Slanesh as an army, but it is... It's a finesse army where you need to... Practice. Like, I lost I lost games on the weekend because I didn't have practice. Yeah. And I forgot core rules of yep. my army. Like, Temptation Dice barely featured because I kept forgetting I had them. Not that that's taking away from my opponents because they thrashed me. Mm. Um, but I think... But you could give them a tighter game. With but I could give them a much more competitive game. Yeah. And so I was like, do I just pick a, an army that's a bit more point and click? Slaves to Darkness probably fit that, where you yep. can be a bit more blunt force with yep. them. They're more forgiving. They are more forgiving. And mm. you've got a lot more high save mm. units, a lot more mm. damage output mm. in combat. Um, but then I, I keep going back to Slash because mm. they're so much fun and the models are so good. So I'm I'm not sure what I'm going to play for the rest of the year. Probably Slanesh because they're painted, but yep. I am starting to work on my Slaves to Darkness um, and, and we'll see where we go from there. Because there's some cool stuff I want to do with them. I've got some ideas. Cool. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much me. That's me, man. Yep. Um, thank you all for listening. Yes. Do you have any... Good to be back. Any um, shout-outs before we go? Absolutely, I've got shout-outs. Okay. The Doctor. Oh. How could you not shout him out? Oh, well, the no, man, I'm, I'm opening the door for you first. The man like is pumping at the moment, Ooh. and good on him. Um, uh, I'd also love to shout out Dave Kerr as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also pumping. Yep, also doing really well. Uh, of course, my boy Al and mm. my boy Blake. I'm going to even give Eddie McMichael a shout out as oh, well for shit. making eight six-up saves. Yeah, that's um, that's worthy. Also want to give a shout out to my boy Zach Watson who I haven't seen in forever. I need to go and give that man a hug. So that's going to be mm. my challenge before we record next is nice. to go give him a big old snuggle. So that's that's, that's my, my shout out. How, how about yourself? Good Gabriel? stuff. Uh, I'm going to shout out my opponents from GoldCon. Nice. Nice. So Kobe, um, I hope you had fun and I hope you attend a lot more events because mm. it is a cool community to be a part of. Jamie played an incredibly clean, tight, efficient game uh, he got my best sports vote nice um, like he got to pick two but he got my main one um, because he was like he did not put a foot wrong that whole game and it was a delight like we knew by turn two how that game was going to go and he was a gentleman and he was very he won very graciously mm, he banged you gently yeah like that was you know I felt I felt appreciated mm. <laughs> good. Um, and then Gavin um where yeah, the number one contender Gavin. Uh, I mean, he won't be. He'll only be number one contender for one game, and then he's gonna have to step aside for someone else. But Oof, yeah, you know, okay. look, enjoy enjoy that number two spot while you got it, Gav, because uh, won't be there for long. Good times. <laughs> uh, just quickly before we do wrap up, absolutely forgot two people. Yep, uh, Jacob Berry, who went four oh. one four one with his uh, crazy rat wheels yes. on the weekend, and also my boy Cron. Um, the best KO player out there, the man who the admiral, apparently the best player in all of uh, Oceania. Is he? Yeah, according to the stats, he is the best. Good on him. Yeah, he is an outstanding player, and and I respect the hell out of him. So, oh, captain, my captain. Yeah, eh? I I wish I knew some good KO players. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all just humble little archonauts, aren't we? We are. We are. All right, we're going to finish this episode up. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye.